Chapter 3. Expect the Unexpected. Nice horse, Sandra commented as they trotted along. Though she is a bit on the small side. Of course, she's a mare. Storm is more than a nice horse, the knight laughed. I mean, I like the way she rides. I meant no harm about her size. She's also very beautiful, and I bet she's smart, the boy said. Yes, she is all of that, Michael replied. And don't let her size fool you. She is quick and agile, and she can make a turn tighter than any other horse I've seen. That's a great advantage when you have to make a lot of quick decisions during a fight. She is also an excellent companion. Will you take me with you? The knight was startled by the suddenness of the boy's request. Obviously, Sounder had been thinking about the offer to become his page. I want to be a knight like you. Michael winced at these words. Years before, Mixer had said something similar. It had been nearly a week after he had been exiled from the dragon compound and two days following his narrow escape from Sounder's mother, Maisie, when he had nearly lost both his horse and his life. He had been roused from sleep by someone pulling on his feet. Come on, straw, you sleepyhead, wake up. He opened his eyes to see Mixer's face smiling down at him. Mixer, he exclaimed, jumping up from his blankets, giving his friend an, ex an excited embrace. What are you doing here? Where did you come from and how did you find me? He was bewildered yet delighted to see him. I followed you, Mixer explained, as if it had been that simple. Your horse, you know, did leave something of a blazed trail as you cut across just any old field. And when I was uncertain, there was always a shepherd or goat boy who had seen you pass. You do sort of stick out, you know. Mixer was dressed in a leather jerkin, much like Michael's. His own horse stood nearby, nuzzling Storm. Where'd you get that horse? the young knight had asked. You never had a horse while we were living in the compound. You're forgetting that we all come from noble families. My father owns many horses. Your father gave you a horse to follow after me? Michael asked incredulously. He looked to see if there were others who were about to ride up and join them. Well, not exactly. Mixer looked slightly embarrassed. I sort of borrowed this one. You stole a horse? Michael could not decide if he was shocked or tickled by the scandal. Look, Mixer said seriously, I didn't leave Molly in peace until he told me what he knew. Garth let something slip, and Molly figured out that you had been sent away as a wandering knight. From the looks of it, he had guessed right. Mixer gestured to the armor lying next to Storm's saddle. When I heard that, nothing was going to hold me back. I had always planned to be a, a knight, you know. The clothes are mine and so is the sword, he said, grabbing the pommel at his side. Though I don't have much training yet. I figured we'd pick that up on the road, you know, together. Then he laughed and Michael could not help laughing with him. He had been feeling so homesick and Mixer's arrival was exactly the tonic he needed. But Mixer, I don't know where I'm going. Sounds good to me, Mixer said with a big smile. Let's go there together. If there are two of us, then we can't be lost. Mixer was the answer to Michael's thirst for companionship. 
Over the next few days, they laughed and whooped and joked, making something to yell about out of every moment. They merrily trotted along the highways and the byways, occasionally raced their horses just to break up the monotony of the wilderness, and shared everything, both the lean and the fat of the fortunes and adventures of the road. When they passed a town, Mixer would boldly ride in and return with enough supplies so that they could dine like kings on the road. How did you afford so much? Micael once asked while they were roasting a chicken. Ah, well, I didn't exactly come empty-handed, Mixer said with a smile and jostled the money pouch at his belt. But the chicken, to say truthfully, was a gift from a barnyard I passed by. When he saw Micael's shocked look, he said, Look, Straw, on the road, we do good where good is needed, and we don't do harm but we can't do good if we're hungry. And I did take the scraggiest one I could find. There were days when they saw very little other than one another, and they often spoke about how marvelous was the life of a wandering knight. It sure beats sweeping out a stall, Mixer once said. Michael did not answer, and Mixer must have noticed his mood darken as his thoughts turned to losing star. Sorry, Straw, Mixer quickly said. I didn't mean it that way. It was the last time he mentioned the life they had both left behind. On their ninth day together, Aga's prediction that adventure would find him once again surfaced. Their path crossed the open countryside that had brought them to a road, and they agreed to follow it and see where it might lead them. They were once again low on food, and were in search of the next village. The fields around them showed signs of cultivation, so they knew they were not far from some sort of settlement. They saw the figures on the road ahead of them about the same time as they heard the sounds. They pulled up their horses to listen. That's a woman shrieking, Mixer said. Look, I think there are some people in distress. They spurred their horses, and as they neared, quickly sorted out what was happening. Several agitated horses without riders were milling about a laden cart pulled by an ox. A woman clutching a baby to her chest was standing in the field beside the road shrieking for help. Next to the cart, three men were beating a fourth man with clubs. We've got to go and stop this, Micael said and pulled his sword, bore down on the men with the clubs. Mixer was not far behind him. The pounding of the horses' hooves alerted the men to their arrival. They dropped their clubs and pulled out the swords hanging at their sides. Michael was off storm even before she had come to a halt. Immediately, he engaged two of the brigands who were visibly surprised and alarmed by the sudden appearance of the two riders. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed Mixer fighting with the third and then gave his full attention to the two men before him. They were not skilled swordsmen, and Michael disarmed one who quickly retreated from the fight and a moment later was riding off on his horse. Once the second man realized that he was no match for the knight, he threw his sword at him, sprinted to his horse, and also dashed away. It was fortunate for Michael that he turned at that moment to see how Mixer was doing because he was able to parry the sword thrust that would have otherwise cut him down. His powerful return stroke, however, disarmed and injured his far less experienced opponent. Clutching his bleeding hand, the man sprinted to his waiting horse and clinging to his saddle, 
rode away to join his companions. Michael glanced at the woman, who by now had stopped screaming and was tending to her husband, sitting up with his back against the cart. Then he looked around for Mixer. No! The young knight wailed at what he saw. His sword fell from his hands. Mixer lay very still, sprawled on his back. Terror gripped Michael's heart when he saw the handle of a knife sticking out of his friend's chest. He hurried over to him and crouched beside him. Mixer! he called out. No! Mixer! His friend's eyes were staring vacantly at the sky. As Michael huddled over him, the eyes flickered and settled briefly on his face. You're alive! Michael breathed in relief. Mixer's voice was as weak as a breeze that barely ruffles the leaves on a sultry summer's day. Pull it out, he spoke hauntingly. The words were hardly audible, but their meaning was clear. Then his eyes turned again to the sky above. Michael understood what he had to do, and he grasped the handle of the knife. With a decisive upward movement, he drew the blade out of his friend's chest. Mixer's eyes grew big, and he heaved a long, deep sigh. But it was not followed by an in-breath. His eyes remained staring vacantly at the sky. So, what do you say? The boy asked again. Can I go with you? Michael was jarred back from his memories. For a long time, he had blamed himself for allowing Mixer to join him. What had he been thinking? Mixer was untrained and untried. He had spent his youth looking after the needs of a luck dragon. He was experienced at wielding a broom, not a sword. Michael had been trained by the dragon to fight. He could have handled all three of the brigands alone. Mixer could not handle even one of them. The young knight had made a promise to himself after that day. Sorry, Sounder, but I travel alone. It's enough for me to look after myself. He was never going to make that same mistake again. The boy pursed his lips and looked disappointed. Then he said what he really wanted. Maybe you'd let me take her out for a ride? He patted Storm's neck. You know, just to see how she handles. Oh, I bet you would like that. The knight laughed, relieved that the boy was not going to insist on joining him. I'll tell you what, I will keep your wish in mind. Perhaps the day will come when I will let you ride her full out and see what she can do. That is, assuming you can stay in the saddle. Would you like that? Oh, indeed, very much. If he could not become a knight, at least this, this promise was something to look forward to. They rode until near midday before they came to a trail that was not much more than a path. You can let me off here, the boy said. Michael halted Storm, and the boy slid down to the ground. If you follow this trail, it will lead you to a river. Follow up river, and you will find a road that crosses the water. Ford the river and follow the road. That will take you to Gladner Knock. You keep yourself well hidden, Michael warned. I have to. They're always hunting for us. Will you be all right? The knight asked. He had promised the boy would return safely. I know my way around. You only caught me because I thought you were asleep. 
A knight laughed. Well, don't let anyone catch you while you think they're sleeping. Not a chance, the boy smiled broadly. Have a care, though. The king's guards snatch up any passing stranger for their training camp. Not that many strangers pass through here any longer. Just the same. Have a care. Thank you for the warning, Michael said with a nod. I look forward to our next meeting, Master Sound the Alarm. Farewell, Sir Knight. I look forward to that ride you will let me have. The boy slipped between the trees and disappeared. The knight followed the trail as it wound through meadows and pine forest. As peaceful as his surroundings were, he had the nagging feeling that he was being watched. He turned around on occasion to see if he could spy someone. He began to wonder if Sounder was tracking him. As the day wore on, he had to assume he was imagining things. Late in the afternoon, Storm perked her ears and tossed her head. She smelled the promised river. It was slow flowing, the water a mixed brown-green. He stopped in the shade of some trees and took a bite to eat out of his saddlebags and let Storm drink deeply. He remounted Storm, and although not yet at the fjord, they waded across. The water rose higher than the horse could stand, and she had to swim a short distance. The current was slow, so it wasn't easy crossing. In the middle, though, Michael felt his left stirrup give way. When they had cleared the water, he saw that a strap had broken. He did not like to ride with broken gear, so he made an early camp under the trees near to the water's edge. He found the singing of the current pleasing. It reminded him of the happy days of his youth when he walked his beloved star down to the river every day and scrubbed him down. He whistled to himself as he repaired the broken strap. He fell asleep that evening, thinking about what he had learned in the forest. He knew every truth had at least two sides to it. He wondered what he would find when he arrived at his destination. At least one thing seemed certain. There was a dragon, and it was wild and hungry. He fell asleep, imagining himself scrubbing stars' scales. How's your wrist? the dragon asked, sniffing at the boy's arm. It's a bit sore, Straw said, carefully rotating his hand. I fell on top of it and got it caught in a bad position. Should we stop? Take up the sword in your other hand, Star suggested. In a fight, if you injure one hand, you have to be ready to keep going with the other. Straw picked up the sword in his left hand. How does it feel? Star asked. Strange, the boy admitted, swinging the sword through the air. I never thought about trying to use my left hand, but I can get used to it. That's good, the dragon said. On the road, you will have to get used to a lot of things you never imagined doing. Expect the unexpected. Quick thinking and dealing with odd circumstances will be your daily bread. You really think I'm going to be a knight one day, don't you? That's why I'm training you, boy, the dragon responded. And I am more than satisfied with your progress. You will make a fine knight, I have no doubt. Now prepare yourself for my attack. Are you ready?
Pay attention, boy. Are you ready? Boy, are you listening to me? Boy, get ready. The knight awoke with a start and stared into the night sky. Instinctively, he reached for his wrist and rotated his hand. There was no hint of soreness. Now, what was that all about? He could see the darkness beginning to pale before the inevitable onslaught of light. It was always a breathtaking moment for him. He watched the great cosmic tug of war as the balance shifted. For a brief span of time, the blackness of the sky turned the most comforting blue. It never ceased to comfort him how the morning light gained this victory over darkness. It was a daily reminder of what he had dedicated his life to. He felt hope and strength surging into him. And sitting up, he threw off his blankets. He got up nimbly and walked the few steps to where Storm stood and caressed her soft muzzle. She smelled him deeply and nickered softly. Then he turned happily to rolling up the blankets and getting ready to move on. A bright new day promised new adventure. And one never knew what new adventure might come. Perhaps that was Star's reminder Expect the unexpected. He stretched sore muscles into pliancy and then led Storm down to the water for a drink and for himself, a bit of a wash. The water was running calm enough, but it was too shallow near the bank for him to bathe. Leaving Storm to drink, he walked upstream to find a deeper pool so he would not have to wade out too far and risk fighting the current. He stripped and splashed into the water, shivering with the shock of the cold, and then rejoiced in the numbing and tingling. He was crouched up to his shoulders when he heard Storm's warning cry. He cursed that he had not kept better watch. So that was what the dream was about. He leapt from the water in an instant, and it cascaded off his body as he splashed his way to his clothes where he had his knife. He grabbed it, intending to go as he was to see what distressed her. At that instant, though, the hair on the back of his neck stood on end and he sensed imminent danger from behind. He turned to see the club flash through the air. He got his arm up in time to take some of the blow, but not enough to keep him from being stretched out on the bank, lost to all light.